You're listening to The Right to be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome everybody to the Right to be Catholic podcast where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today's show, we have a good one for you. We're going to focus on the transformation that some people go through when dealing with sickness. So we're going to talk about how God sometimes puts us through the fire to sometimes transform us to be the person he wants us to be. So God sometimes puts us through fire and sometimes shapes us how he wants to shape us. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes we think to ourselves, this this is something that God is putting on. That's a bad thing. But hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll look at this and say, you know, maybe God does have a purpose for me for what he's putting me through or what he put so-and-so through. Uh, and I'm hoping that we can share our experiences with you and our my guest will share her experiences with you. And then we'll also learn how you respond to those things is what makes the difference in the outcome of what God wants. The Bible quote I have for you comes from Mark 5, 25 to 34. And I think it fits because I'm talking to a woman here in front of me, and I'll introduce her in a moment, but it talks to you, a, a God talking to a daughter. So it says, and a large crowd followed him and he impressed on him. And there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under physicians and had spent all that she had, but it was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard Jesus came up behind him, and in the crowd she touched his cloak. For she said, but if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her hemorrhages stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately, aware of the power that had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How could you say, Who touched me? He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith is has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So the reason why I chose that Bible code, because I feel like this topic with my guest today, of course, I know her very well. I'll introduce her in a moment. But I feel like through her faith, through her surrender to Jesus Christ, uh, that she was healed of what she was going through, the sickness that we're going to talk about in a moment. And I feel like today in this podcast, I hope the listeners take from that, that surrendering yourself, surrendering yourself to Jesus in prayer and having full faith that what he has put you through, he will get you through, no matter what that is, right? So to help me with this topic, I want to introduce my sister. She's my younger sister. Her name is Chanel Yono. Chanel, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Sean, thanks for having me on your show. I love listening to your podcast, so it's, uh, it's kind of cool to be on the other side of it. I didn't tell her to say that, by the way, guys. She's just really <laughs> saying that. I didn't really pay her anything. So thank you, Chanel. So, you know, my name is Chanel Yono. I have three beautiful children, Sorrel, Blake, and Michael. I'm married to my best friend, Jeff. And the reason why I'm on the show today is, you know, my story is unfortunately unlike many 36-year-olds. In 2019, 
I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. My youngest at the time was only one years old. I'm going to apologize in advance for... She knows very emotional, very guys. Emotional. She knows very emotional girl. And this happening to her, you made her even more emotional. So bear with us. But, you know, as you can imagine, it was, it was by far the most devastating news anyone could encounter. I hear story like th- stories like this all the time. And, you know, at the time, you, you feel sorry for the person, but you end up moving on. But until it happens to you and it hits, it hits home... You can't relate to any sort of suffering one endures through any type of sickness or any just type of suffering. Right. So within 30 days of you know, finding my tumor, I started the most aggressive type of treatment. I had 16 rounds of chemo, followed by two surgeries and 25 rounds of radiation. It left me with a lifetime of fear and anxiety. I think the reason why Sean invited me on this show today is I'll talk through, you know, some of the things and the conversations we'll have um, about how I was able to get through some of my my toughest days. So I remember um, when I, you, you know, you oftentimes you hear the story from the person um, who went through the actual sickness, you know, who was suffering uh, firsthand. But I can also speak um, not only as the host, but as you know, someone who was on the other side of that was a, a family member. And I remember Chanel when you went through um, when, when I heard the news that what had happened to you. And you know, I'm a faithful guy, but it it, it really got me. You know, like I told God, like why? Because I will tell you something. I will, and I I'll never admit this to her face, but since we're on the show and I'm being nice, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chanel is one of the biggest hearted people I've ever met in my life, right? Uh, giving of herself, giving, you know, to family, to friends, to her, her husband, her children. I, I don't know someone who gives so much of her time, of her money, of her everything you can think of, Chanel gives. And she never asked for anything in return. So I said to myself, you know, when I first heard this, I said, why, why is God or why did God allow? Not doing this, because he doesn't do it to, but he allows it, right? A lot of times we get confused in that, and he, we say to ourselves, like, why is God doing this to me? He's not doing it to you. He allowed it to happen to you, but why? And I, I had to pray a long time, and I didn't get my answer until a long time afterwards, but I think with us talking, um, you'll realize why God put her through this. So, Chanel, thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, I know that was very hard. I will tell you guys, Chanel cried like 6,000 times when we were talking about this. So <laughs> I'm very happy she didn't cry yet. So Chanel, I want to ask you something really quick. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before all of this happened. So how was your how was your faith life before this? Like, So for example, how often did you pray and how often did you go to church? Was Christ the center of your family life? Well... Considering you're my brother, I never considered myself the most religious person in the room, <laughs> nor the most yeah. religious person in the family. Um, but I would say that prior to my diagnosis, I was a pretty spiritual person. I say spiritual because, you know, I grew up in a very religious home. My mom, you know, she took us to church every Sunday. She'd make us feel guilty if we didn't go to church. Very, I remember those days very too. Very guilty. Um, she still does. Uh, I'm, of course, you know, a very big believer. We, 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 we teach our kids morals and values. We send them to Catholic schools. But 
you know, I, you know, I got married, I had kids, and life just got ahead of me. And so I couldn't say a couple years ago that God was the center of my life. You know, I would say prayers at night like the rest of us, but it almost just felt like checking the box. I checked the box, and I, but I didn't have a real connection or a relationship with God. And most importantly, you know, we went to church when, when we could, but it was never on our agenda. You know, it was, it was kind of, you know. If we have time, we'll if go. If we have time, we'll go, exactly. And just a quick story that I, that I want to share with you guys, I was actually sharing with Sean earlier, um, is, you know, one day I was standing in my kitchen. It was January of 2019. I was diagnosed in March. I was standing in my kitchen preparing um, to leave the next day to go on a family vacation with my parents. And I remember standing there thinking, how lucky am I? You know, my gosh, my life is pretty awesome. I have three healthy kids. I was accelerating in my career. My husband at the time financially was doing well. My brother is Sean. My brother is Sean. And I felt pretty untouchable. I I know that sounds crazy to, to say it out loud, but I did and I thought... Man, I have everything. I'm so lucky. But what I didn't realize then was I was missing a very big piece in my life, and that was God. And so the reality was I really didn't have anything. And so now in March, you know, I I got diagnosed in March, and I remember sitting there at, at one of my doctor appointments telling my husband, like, gosh, nothing matters right now. Not my job, not not our businesses, you know, not the home that we worked so hard to build. Nothing matters. And I would give it all back and I would be willing to live in a tent in my backyard just to be healthy again. I think a lot, I think, Chanel, a lot of people, uh, either think think the way that you just described right now my life is great you know and we we we're all not just i'm speaking to my about myself as well when things go well we try to we 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 make we use the worldly things and we say yeah that's what that's what's true happiness right but a lot of times people forget that true happiness is god himself right, right. and we put him on the back burner and say we'll use you when we need you, right? Yeah. Not not just to say wake up every day. My my guest before you, Ziad, we were talking about the power of the Eucharist, and he, he said something awesome, and it, it really hit me. I don't go to that extent, but I started doing things more often like this. He said, before I open my eyes, the first thing I do, be, you know, in the, in the morning, I drop down on my knees and I thank God. He didn't say I ask God for stuff. He said I thank God for what I got, like my family, my wife, my children, and I think. A lot of times, you said right now, my life was so good, but you didn't even think about it. And I'm not saying you're the only one. We all do this, right? right? I think it's important, uh, you know, that we, even in the good times and in the bad times, we thank God, we think about him because, you know, he's thinking about us, right? So we got a picture of what you were before. So how did you feel when this happened to you? You know, a lot of times people say like, you know, were you angry? Were you sad? Or were you the type of person that said, you know, my faith is so strong. I knew I can get through this. Well, you know, I was definitely not angry or sad. 
I would say that I was more scared and broken, right? I, I was devastated. The, the situation shook me and my family to my core. And it was the first time in my life that I felt truly hopeless. You know, and especially me, if my friends are listening, they'll tell you that I'm a very driven person. I don't stop until I get what I'm looking for. And they'll uh, jokingly say things like, there she goes again, she's on a mission. Um, you know, one, one day I was, I was lying in bed thinking to myself, you know, d during a time where everything is so accessible to us, I was thinking to myself, how can I fix this? How can I make this go away? What does the future look like for me? You know, driving myself crazy, looking for answers. And at that moment, I realized Google isn't going to help me get those answers. Money couldn't buy back my health. And so turning to God was the only thing I had to hold on to. You know, I, I, you know, I know what Chanel's talking about too. I remember when she was going through all this and I remember like we all met as a family and we're like, don't give Chanel any information on anything to do with cancer because anything she would hear, she would dissect the heck out of it and try to find the answer and how does it affect her? And I remember you going through those things and, yeah. and I'm not gonna lie to you, it, it was sad to see those things because I know you, you know, you never cared about anything before and now you're like, all your time, all your energy was invested. And I don't blame you because it's your life, but I do remember when it consumed you. Yeah, I do want to read a quote by Steve Jobs when he was diagnosed with cancer that really hit home for me, and I want to share it with all of you guys. He said, At this moment, lying on the bed, sick and remembering all my life, I realize that all my recognition and wealth that I have is meaningless in the face of imminent death. He went on to say, you can hire someone to drive a car for you, make money for you, but you cannot rent someone to carry the disease for you. One can find material things, but there is one thing that cannot be found when it is lost, life. That's, that's life. That, I don't agree with a lot of things he says, but that is, um, that is a powerful quote. Uh, and that it's very true, you know, which leads me to my next question about appreciating things more and, you know, bringing you closer to the people in your own life. Um, like I said before, sometimes God has to do something or put something in our life to make us realize, hey, listen, I've given you and God, I know this because I'm your brother. I know God gave you every blessing possible, right? But I think you said it yourself, something you were lacking was that relationship with him. So I, and I said this earlier when I said, why did you do this to God? When I was, when I was reminiscing, you know, about the times when all this happened and I said to myself, why were you doing, why did you do this? I remember saying this to myself when I was talking to him and I, and I, like I said, later on, I got my answer and that answer was, I think he was doing this because I used to see you and how you were praying and, you know, mm -hmm. rosaries and your whole house smelled like bisma. And, you know, <laughs> I remember. And I used to walk in. By the time I used to walk into Chanel's house, I just passed by like six crosses, a statue, <laughs> uh, you know, holy water. I, by the time I used to walk in, I'm like, wow, the devil is, is donezo if he comes in this house. Because of how many, it, it was like a shrine, right? But I think what God was trying to do was bring you closer to him. Do, yeah. you, do, you, do you feel that too? No, I absolutely do feel that way. Yeah, so, so what brings me to my next question. So 
how has this how has what you went through how has it changed you right or i mean if it hasn't it hasn't but like has it do you appreciate things now more than you did before yeah no i totally do you know i i would say that first and foremost it made me realize that life is so precious you know when i was sick i remember walking outside and even the air um the air felt different and i know this will sound crazy to most listeners but brushing your hair that you know that to a cancer survivor to someone who's gone through it i mean to appreciate washing your hair and to you know look in the mirror and see the person who you want to see and it's 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 not there and so you know it, it taught me that this life isn't mine it's god's and at any given point it could be changed you know i also think it it taught me to um appreciate being a mom and a wife and everything that comes along with that because at the time my biggest fear above everything was Am I going to be here for my kids? And so now I find myself constantly creating memories with them and making sure that, you know, we don't, I don't take the little things for granted because I did get, get a flash of feeling like it could be gone. And right. that's obviously very scary to me. I remember we offered you, I remember when, when you were, when you were losing your hair and stuff, when you took it off and I remember we said to you, Chanel, we're all going to shave our heads, me, you know, all the boys. And you're like, don't do that. You'll make me feel worse. Yeah. I did not, yeah. definitely did not want anyone. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't want to either because my head, I have a misshaped head, but you know, I was going <laughs> to do it for you if you wanted me to. Um, no, but I remember going through all that, and I remember talking to my two other brothers, Calvin and Melvin, um, and I remember we were talking about, like, God forbid, God forbid, you know, but, you know, we love your, you know, you know for a fact that we love your children, like, beyond, because, you know, they were the first grandchildren and stuff like that, and we love them, um, that, you know, we, we, we said, we, I said, we take care of them forever, but thank God a million times that that never happened, Yeah, and I Pray that it never happens. But and you, you talked about a little bit about how you were getting closer to your kids, and, and that's awesome because I knew you were always a great mother, but you were saying that how it makes you feel like now I need to be more responsive, be more involved because you like how you said you never know when that time comes, right? We talk about it all the time. Like we don't we don't know. I wouldn't want to know the future. Would you want to know the future of when? Your time is over? No, I no, I definitely wouldn't want to know that. Um, but I will tell you that this made me plan for that. You know, I now never, you know, in the past, anybody who works with me will know, I, I made, you know, my career, unfortunately, for a very long time, I've been working at the same place for over 15 years, a priority. I don't, you know, I don't want to say a priority for my kids, but when there was a field day or a field trip, you know, I didn't always attend those. And now I will make every attempt to be there because I know they're, they're what's most important to me. So you talked about your children. How about your, how about your, your, your life with your husband? I mean, you know, with the, with family members and stuff like that, did, did that bring you closer going through this, realizing more about that? Yeah, so it did bring me closer to, to a lot of people. I will say that um, in times like this, our community, they can be pretty awesome. So many people, and Sean will tell you, showed me and my family love and support. Um, you know, some people I even met along the way that are pretty awesome that I, I definitely want to give a shout out to. 
Uh, but so many people stepped up during that time to be, be there for me. And, you know, my cousin Lana once told me that uh, God sends angels in the form of humans. And I truly believe that because there were so many people that were brought into my life during that time that I know were sent from God. You know, when I was first diagnosed, my cousin Anita, she literally did all the research for me and took me to all my doctor appointments until we found out where it was going to be treated. Um, you know, Lauren and Lana, who never missed a day of chemo, 16 times, seven eight-hour sessions. You know, my sister-in-law, Lena, who would leave her house at 7 a.m. to come be with my kids. All my friends who gave me a shoulder to cry on. My husband, who was my rock, and my mom, who was my angel. I also met um, some pretty amazing people along the way, such as, Sean will know that this name will sound familiar, um, someone named Renee, who lives in California. She went through something similar, and this lady spent countless hours on the phone with me, easing my fears, answering all my questions, because she taught me that I was able to get through this, and now I could be there to help others. And one, one, one last person that I, that I want to mention, an amazing person that I came across, was Nurse Amy. She's the one who administered the chemo each week. And she was also my angel. You know, she used to pray with you guys, right? Yeah, she prayed with us. She sat there and would do 18 Hail Marys with us. 18 Hail Marys, it kind of represents something to me and my cousins, but she sat there and would do 18 Hail Marys before, before every treatment. She was just so positive and comforting. Sean's wife also taught me um, to want to be close to Mother Mary. You know, uh, She introduced me to a nine-month novena, and she was telling me how she's so close with her, and as a mother, she can relate to us, and... So I, 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 felt, I felt a connection with her, and um, I knew that she knew the importance of being there for your kids, and so I, you know, I would pray to her and begged her to pray for me because you know, we, we had that connection as moms. I, I, I really feel that um, about Mother Mary. You know, I, I love her, and I always pray to be closer to her, and I've, I've mentioned this before, and as a father... I always pray to St. Joseph, and I start. I found myself, you know, I did that consecration to St. Joseph. I think I told you about it before, Chanel. And I, um, as a father, because I know he was a father, obviously. He was one of the most important fathers. You know, he protected Jesus and Mary, right? right? So if, if God can entrust him with the most valuable family family ever in existence i pray that he always guides my family like i always tell him at night it's funny because like when i when i pray over my children at night and i and i say you know saint joseph watch over my children how you watched over jesus um as he slept and I, I i know that he helps you know what i mean these are the kind of things that i think we start realizing um sadly sometimes it happens only when we we're faced with adversity like this you know or something that tragically happens in our life but I think it's good because it brought you to where you are today, which leads me to my actually my next question, right? Which how has this changed what you went through, changed your prayer life? Like how is your faith life, you know, it, you know, after this or, or during this? Um, I would say that I do turn to God more today than I used to. 
but you know, I, I can't say that I'm exactly where I want to be religiously, but you know, but I do know that, that it's going to be an ongoing journey, but you know, I learned a lot of great prayers. I, you know, you're going to laugh, Sean, but I've probably said more novenas in the last two years than I have in a lifetime. So, um, I think that that's been pretty, pretty it's good. Awesome. I'm happy you did that. And I found a few saints that I, that I lean on St. Jude and St. Sharba. They're, uh, they're my favorites. Actually, at one point, I remember calling Father Brian and asking him, like, gosh, yeah. you know, I'm praying so much that I feel like, you know, am I using God? That's a little uncomfortable for me. And he said, you know, he described it perfectly to me. He said, you know, if your son falls and comes crying to you and needs your help, wouldn't you drop everything and attend to your child that is hurt? Well, God is doing the same thing, right? You know, we're, we're his children and we call on him when we need him. So I, that, that was pretty cool. No, no, you're right. And I, I think um, I think what what we as humans, you know, we, in our human brain, that we feel like if I have a friend or a relative and I haven't spoken to them in years and they come to me and ask me for something, like, who are you? I haven't seen you in years. You know, I'm not going to help you. What's going on? But I think we fail to understand that that's not how God is, right? No matter how long. And you were how old when, when you were your diagnosed? 30, 34. 34, right? Mm -hmm. And you said you had an okay relationship with him, but no matter what your relationship was with him, when you came to him, he was ready, ready to help. And he, and he offered you everything. You know what I mean? Right. And you know, the only thing that I can tell you is like, I, I pray that your, your, your prayer life continues. You know, you know what I'm saying, Chanel? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, if I were to ask you, what did you, if, if anything, what did you gain when you went through this? Um, well, I would say I gained a second chance at life. Amen. And I don't take that lightly. You know, I was always the person that would never leave my house without feeling presentable. And so to see myself deteriorate and having your looks stripped away from you without, you know, your control, that has also taught me that I was still the same person on the inside, regardless of what I looked like on the outside. No, th listen, I, I, I know... I know how that feels, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't know how that physically feels, but, you, you know. know. Well, one of the hardest days of my life was the day I had to say goodbye to my 21-inch hair. And my cousin Lana was with me that day. And I'll never forget, she was holding my hand. But because I never saw myself losing my hair because I was blessed with you know, finding a place that bonds hair pieces to your head and it was real human hair and it was a great solution, but, but it was my biggest fear and it happened. I remember saying to Lana, because Lana was seeing what was happening. Sure, I remember, I remember that day. I said, Lana, what do I look like? And she said, you look like Chanel. And I remember her telling me, let all the bad go because all the new and the good will grow back. She was so calm, and I kept looking at her reaction for, for something, and I didn't get one. Besides her smile, she was reassuring me that, that it was gonna be okay. 
So I always thought like, you know, how did she do that? So recently, you know, now that my hair grew back and I'm kind of feeling like myself again, I sat with her and I said, Lana, why did you say certain things that you said to me that day? And how were you so okay with mm-hmm. seeing me that way? Because you saw me. Right. You were the only person that right. saw me that way. And she said, Chanel, I asked the Holy Spirit to be with me that day. Listen, Chanel. I think, and Lana said it, you said it earlier, Lana said it, and it's very true. God uses certain people at certain times. He sends us angels, right? I really feel like God did send Lana that day to help you because you picked her specifically because you knew she would give you the strength you needed, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but to close this out, I think what's important is what I gained through all of this is the learning and the realization that we are not defined by our look. I was still me. And we are who we are from the inside. Yeah, that's very true. And I think we also, um, you know, we, we realize that, you know, surrendering to God, right? That That is the only way that we can get through what we need to get through. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. So, you know, earlier we were talking about this journey you had and how it brought you closer to a lot of people in your life. Right. I'm curious to know, did this bring you closer in your marriage to your husband? Yeah, no, absolutely it did. Um, and if, if Jeff were here today, I think he would agree with me that this made our relationship and our marriage so much stronger. You know, to have gone through something like this at such a young age um, and in a younger marriage... I think it really helped me and my husband realize that, you know, the small little arguments and disagreements in life, they really don't matter and, and life is short. And so I think both of us now take a step back and really just try to appreciate each other more and to enjoy each other and, and to embrace life because, you know, like I said earlier, it, at any given moment, it, it could be taken away from you. Yeah, you know, I, I do agree. I, I'm... I'm coming from a place where, because I'm also married myself, and, you know, again, I, I had mentioned it earlier, we always talk about the person who's going through the actual sickness, but we never think about the person, the spouse, or the family members that are with them, suffering with them, and I will tell you, you know, and I will tell you about Jeff, yeah. listen, so listen, Jeff, he's one of the most calculated people, like, he thinks about what he's going to say before he does it, anything he does before it. So he knows everything. And I think this threw him for a loop. It did. I, I mean, and I, no, I, I remember that I was there did. the day that you told him. Yeah, it definitely was a shock to him. But I will tell you, I do not know. And sometimes I look at him and I think, gosh, how can you be so strong and so supportive That's what all I was gonna say. the time? That's what I was going to say. This guy and, you know, him and I always joke around with each other, but... He he's one of the baddest dudes I know. And when I say that, I say like because I know how much he loves you. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. he'll put anybody in the world behind him over you. Like there's no one there's but no I, one that's better know, than invite, you. you know? And vice versa. But you know, I also I want, think he loves you more than you love him, but I'm just gonna say that out okay, you know, in, in, in the podcast. <laughs> okay, Jeff. But but before we move on, I also I have to mention my mom. Right? Because Sean knows what mama did for me. I literally, and I, I'm sure you know many people think this, but I literally think I have a saint. Our mom for a is mother. the best, Chanel. 
You know, mama dropped everything for me to be with me. The day that I received the phone call from the doctor, she actually stayed the night and never left for one year. She's not lying, guys. My mom actually stayed and never left until this day, Chanel's side. No, she like, went we always, home, though. Listen, but when, when it was happening, <laughs> when it was happening, I will say that, you know, all seriousness, we told my mom, like, mom, don't worry about nothing anymore, your house, whatever. Uh, like, I remember my brother Melvin and my dad were saying, like, we'll take care of everything at the house. Don't worry about it. My brother Calvin and Bianca and my, my sister-in-law, my wife, we all said, we'll take care of anything you need. You just focus on Chanel. And she really just did, she did that. It. She did. And you know what? One day, I, I have to tell you a funny story. One day I remember looking at her, she was sitting on the floor and she's singing and doing puzzles with my kids. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I think this lady, she's probably lost it because, you know, how could she be acting and reacting in such a way when she's watching her child go through what I was going through? And I think later I realized that what she was doing was teaching me and showing me the power of surrendering to God's will. Mama is very good at that. Uh, I think maybe because, maybe because going through what she went through with her mom, so our, so just a little side note, our grandmother had passed from cancer too, and my mom and her sisters were there every step of the way with her and helping her out, and I think um, in a way that sort of prepped her to for this, for you. So I think God, in a way, helped Mama and got her ready for what she was about to hear with you. I mean, different with your mother, who's a little bit older, and then your daughter, who's really young, right, and has three children. It's right. it's different. But I think God gave her the strength to do... I, and you didn't know this, but behind your back, she was crying constantly. I know, this and I know. That. No, you know I know, saying? but in front of me, she was she was right. awesome. She she was amazing. I think, yeah, Mama's prayers, like, you know, like I say, Monica prayed for St. Augustine. Mama prayed for you 24 7. I think she still does till this day. 20, oh, we know. She made me 7. sit with her for hours every day yeah. and doing the memorari over and over. And I love well, it's it. It's okay. one of my favorite prayers right. now. It's amazing. <laughs> and listen, you, you gain a lot of friends, like... One of your priest friends used to come to your house all the time and and oh, yeah. and and say you know say mass at your house like how oh, awesome was that? Lot. Yeah, I know. I met a lot of good people through the church, and so many of our priests in our community were awesome and would give me you know countless hours of their time. And it's amazing. You know, we do we we that. really do. And I, I'm sure in, in all communities, but in the Chaldean community, I will say that that is one thing that we always come together in time of need, and I saw that a lot. Like, I remember, Michelle, you were getting text messages left and right from people. Oh, it was amazing. Our community is amazing. I mean, people from, you know, the school, you know, the, the, my kid's school would, would text me and say, you don't know me. And I see you in car line, just so you know, I'm praying for you. I, I remember standing in church one day. I think, Sean, I told you this story. I was actually, I was taken aback. I was praying in church and this lady turns around and she, she sort of lips to me, I'm praying for you. I was, I was, I was speechless. I'm, you know, our community. Yeah, it's we're amazing. Great, we're great in that way, definitely. So, if I were to ask you, how do you feel like? Do you feel like God gave you or had a purpose for you going through what you went through? Um, you know, I think He wanted me to be more dependent on Him. You know, in a time like this, where society thinks we should be more dependent on other things. And God really wanted me 
to be more focused on him. Um, I also think he wanted me to go through this because, you know, this is cliche, but, you know, you go through something for a reason. I really think that the reason God put me in that situation was because he wanted to use me as an instrument of faith for others. You know, right, right now, you know, I, I help so many women. It, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of scary, but it's, but it's also great at the same time how many phone calls I've received from women going through something similar. And, and I love that I'm there for them and I'm able to help them carry their cross. You know, like my friend Renee from California once told me, knowing how comforting it feels to be helped, it's only natural that we do the same for others. And so that's what I do now. I make myself available for them. That's amazing because that's exactly what God wants us wants from us, right? Because he'll ask you on the last day, like, when I needed you, when I was sick, did you take care of me? When I was hungry, did you feed me? When, right. you know, when I needed you, were you there? And that's what God will come and tell you, right? And, you know, I'm ha so happy that, you know, you are doing those kind of things. Yeah. So it's, it's very important. And, and I know that, you know, you don't know this, but because I know you tell mama everything, uh, she'll come and tell us. Like, it won't, it won't come from you, obviously, but she'll tell me, oh, did you realize, you know, she, the other day she helped this lady and she, you know, she took her to this appointment for her hair or she did this or that. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I know you're not the kind of person to boast about those kind of things, but I'll, I will say that I know those things about you. And, and I'm proud that you do those kind of things, you know what I'm saying? And I think true god did what you went through i think he he used you now to say like okay now i helped you now i want you to help others Hel others helped you i brought you angels now i want you to be that voice right. for the person going through you know what whatever they're going through yeah so the last thing i want to ask you Chanel, is what advice do you have for others who might be going through something like this or if they god forbid ever go through something like this what advice do you have for for, for them so because it took me a long time to get there, I think had I had faith from the beginning, it would have eased a lot of my suffering. So I would say, have faith, lean on God, ask him to help you carry your cross, constantly pray. You know, again, accept your suffering and surrender to his will. You know, even today, you know, Sean will tell you, I was crying earlier because it, you know, it's, it, it, it's still a wound that hurts. Um, but when a fear and anxiety, they strike, I stop now today and I say, God, it, it's your will. It's not mine. And so, you know, I, I do my best to not mourn the past. I hate thinking about the future. I do my best to not think about the future. I just want to enjoy the moment and live in the present. So I will tell you, live, live in the present. You know, God was with me then. I know he's with me now. And so through him, all things are great. All things are possible, Chanel. And are possible. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's a good point. You know, while the drugs and the surgery and the chemo, all of that made me cancer free, I know that he was the mastermind behind all of it. Listen, it's, it's very true. And... You know, talking about worrying, it's, I think it was Matthew 6, 25 to 26, I think it was, 
where a guy talks about, you know, don't I feed the birds of the air and take care of them? And if I take care, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, but if I take care of them, are you not more valuable to them? So it talks about like never having to worry because God will take care of you. And right. I'm so happy that you got through what you got through. I'm, I'm even happier that you've come to a, more of a relationship because you know you've had you had it before. But I think I think going through this, God strengthened your relationship with Him, um, and it's it's something that something beautiful to see from where you were to where you are now. Right? I think it made you a stronger woman. I think it did. It absolutely right? did. Yeah. Chanel, I thank you for coming on the podcast today. I thank you for sharing your story with our listeners. I'm hoping that anyone listening to this, either who is going through this or knows someone who goes through this, can have them listen to this podcast. Uh, and hopefully that it helps them and helps them realize something. And that something is, without God, nothing is possible. And with God, that er the impossible is possible, right? Surrendering yourself to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this quote. It says, it comes from Jeremiah 17, 14, and it says, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Amen. Amen. You guys, I want to remind you guys always, um, please listen to this podcast. We have other amazing podcasts that we have through ECRC. Listen to the Catholic Avengers uh, with, with Jeff and Pilar and how he says it on his podcast. If you have time, you can listen to uh, Ennis with the Salty Catholic. Like I always say, remember, go forth with confidence because you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you, everybody. God bless. listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.